0: Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org. And may God continue to bless you. What it, it could have been us in a whole lot of situations, not just outdoors with no food and no clothes. We could have been statistics. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody could have said, ain't that a shame? What happened to them? Oh, glory, hallelujah. Come on now, we was in some circumstances and situations where we could have been some statistics, okay? But God, but God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's take a minute and say, God, we thank you for the but God in my life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, but God, glory, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I shouldn't have been dead, should have been dead. Them new mercies every morning, every morning. Ooh, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. But well, they say my soul is happy. Hallelujah. Oh glory, hallelujah. And I had some sleep, so watch out, y'all. Praise God. Glory to God. I do want to honor God. Ooh, honor God because He saved me. Because He saved me. Because He also walks with me and with me. He tells me that I'm His own. Because he does all those things that daddies do for their little girls. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody know about him being Abba, your daddy guy? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. I bless the Lord. I'm so glad I'm saved. You know, when I first got saved, I told somebody yesterday that I ran into somebody what used to be in the back, a dark ages pathmark parking lot over there where Fresh Grocer is. And I had just got saved and I'm talking to the person and they're telling me, boy, you really fired up. And I got in the car, I said, well, Lord, I guess that means I'm excited. I guess that's what that means. But then a year later, I met the same person again in the supermarket and uh, parking lot. And they're telling me, wow, you're still fired up. And it bothered me, Minister TJ. It bothered me because... I'm saying, Lord, is there going to be a day when I'm not going to be excited about being saved? I say, Lord, whatever you have to do, you do whatever you have to do so that I'm always excited about being saved. And it's 39 years and I feel like I just got saved. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I want to thank our pastor the Reverend David Sean Smith, praise God, for this opportunity to, to serve you today, amen? Our word is found today in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, in the NIV, Philippians chapter 3, in the NIV, I'm going to start at verse 12, Philippians chapter He wrote this letter when he was in prison. What we doing in the prison of our circumstances? Well, come on with this thing, Holy Ghost. Philippians chapter three. I'm going to read verses 12 through 15 in the NIV. Hallelujah for the word of God. God didn't just leave us here. He gave us his word to guide us, to teach us how to live, to teach us how to get to know him. Amen. Okay, I think we are ready now, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. The scripture reads thusly, and Father, please open up our spirits that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Thank you. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Not even in 39 years. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Will you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your word, which is for us, your people. And we glorify you for giving us your word. God, right now in this preaching moment, we need you. We need you to prepare the soil of our hearts that your word would fall on good ground, bring forth fruit, fruit for your glory and fruit that will remain. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice in this sanctuary, in our virtual sanctuary, and those who will listen later, including me, God. Bless us to hear you today. Move me out of your way, O God, and move your people out of my way so that you can have your way. We yield to you now, Holy Spirit, preach the word. Thank you, God. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Seated. Our title today is go the distance. Go the distance. Now, most of the time when we hear that phrase, you know, it's usually compared, uh, being, we hear it when there's a fight, you know, a title fight, And we'll say, you know, Muhammad Ali went to distance. Well, most of the time we say somebody else went to distance with him and they didn't get knocked out. But uh, basically the definition we're going to be dealing with today is to last the scheduled length of time. To last the scheduled length of time. There is a time and a season for everything. Amen. The psalm writer said, Lord, teach us number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom go the distance go the distance Theodore Roosevelt said years ago nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort pain difficulty I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. I have envied a great many people who led difficult lives and led them well. Sounds like he's talking about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is the author of this letter to the church at Philippi. And this is one of those letters that he wrote while he was incarcerated. But our message today is not about this church. It's about Paul. We get the beginning of his story in the book of Acts, starting in chapter 9. He was known as Saul then, and he persecuted those who were in what they then called the way, those who were Christians, you know, not like those today who are in the way. Oh, help us, Lord. I live in the real world, y'all. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. He did this because he thought he was doing the will of God, actually. You see, Paul was a Pharisee. And what's a Pharisee? A rule keeper. Thou shalt, thou shalt not, taste not, touch not, handle not. He was a Pharisee. So he figured, hey, he's protecting this thing. He's he's a works man. Pharisees are all about works, okay? And that's what he thought that he was doing, the work of God. But one day, oh, hallelujah, one day, he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, some of you know when that was. It was on the road to Damascus. But for those who don't, you can come to Rice and get the full story. Oh, I I spit that in there. (laughs) Praise Jesus. But he was on his way to Damascus. The Lord appeared. I mean, he had an encounter. He was radically saved. And not only that, but he was blinded for three days after his encounter with the Lord. I mean, if you imagine being surrounded by the glory of god that would be blinded amen and then there was a a young disciple named ananias who was given a charge by the lord to go see saul as he was known then saul paul they were known to have two different names that was his hebrew name paul was his latin name you know so there were a time when his name got changed you know we want to praise you lord but anyway (laughs) Uh, Ananias you know Ananias was scared to go though you know he told the Lord hey you know Paul got what a rep what is that they call it he got street cred or something he's got stuff that he everybody know what Paul is about and, and Ananias wasn't feeling it but then the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Well, oh, that's the call of the Christian. Got questions helps us out there. It says the response of both Saul and all those who are redeemed by Christ is the same. What do you want me to do? Like Saul, we do not bargain, negotiate, question, or come halfway. The response of the redeemed is obedience When God truly touches our hearts, our only response can be, Lord, may your will be done and may you use me to do it. Such was the experience of Saul on the Damascus River. That brings us back to our text. Let me read verses 12 to 14 for you in the message. Open up our spirit. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Talking about going the distance. Paul chose to go the distance. Wonder why. Well, you know, in Luke 7:47 in the ESV, it says, he who is forgiven much, loves much. At his conversion on the Damascus Road, the apostle Paul was radically saved. It is no wonder that he went the distance because he was already a man who was fully committed to whatever he was doing before his conversion. Somebody said, you look through the scripture and you don't see where Jesus used anybody or called anybody that wasn't already doing something. God does not change our personalities when he transforms us. If we did just enough, To get by before Christ? Well, well, well. Oh, well, well, well. Didn't have TJ here to help me. I hope that worked out. (laughs) When Paul wrote, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, what was he referring? Paul wanted to know Christ. We have to go to the verses ahead of our text. Anytime you want to know what's happening, what is that referring to? Go back a few verses and see. So we went back up there to verse 10. With the verse 10, he said that Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Becoming like him, he said, in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection From the dead. Paul had a made up mind. Paul chose to go the distance because he was so grateful that Christ actually wanted him. A persecutor of Christians. And one who is believed to have held the coats of those who stoned Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Listen to what 1 Timothy says. Verses 12 through 19a in the message. This is what Paul said. This is, see, pay attention to this but Paul's conversion experience. And think about your own conversion experience when you got saved. You know, years ago, they said people used to ask that question, have you been converted since you believed? You know. Well, well. This, see, this is not, Paul wasn't anybody special. He was just a man who was grateful to be saved. You know, just grateful should never get over being saved what did it say here in first timothy one he said i'm so grateful to christ jesus for making me adequate to do this work adequate come on y'all he went out on a limb you know entrusting me with this ministry come on y'all who do we think we are The only credentials I brought to it were violence and witch hunts and arrogance and sex in the city and sex. Oh, oh, that wasn't in there. Wait a minute. Okay. But I was treated mercifully because I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know who I was doing it against. Grace mixed with faith and love poured all over me and into me, and all because of Jesus. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He said, I'm proof. He said, public sinner number one of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. You missed your run around the church thing right then. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. And he said, and now he shows me off. Evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. Oh, come on now. What about us today? Oh, have we gone the distance since Christ chose us ever? Or have we stayed in the just enough seats in the sanctuary? I'll do just enough so they know I'm saved. I'll give just enough so they'll think I'm yielded to the Lord. I'll pray just enough, but only for my family. Lord bless me, my four no more. I'll sing just enough so someone can hear my beautiful voice and see just how gifted I am. Choir? No. In the pew, my singing is just enough. Attend Bible study? Well, just enough until Chicago Wednesday comes back. Well, well, well. Well, 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 well. Have we ever, ever wanted to know Christ the way Paul wanted to? Listen to the words of Hudson Taylor, that British missionary to China for 51 years. He didn't do a missions year like when they came here years ago. He was a missionary for 51 years. He sold out like the Apostle Paul. He gave his life. How much of our lives have we given? But let's listen to Hudson Taylor's words. He says, thinking of Paul's uh, verses there in Philippians, about wanting to know Christ and his zeal, he said, do we know much of fellowship with him, Christ, in this? They're not to Christ's an easygoing Christ for easygoing Christians and a suffering, toiling Christ for exceptional believers. There's only one Christ. Are we willing to abide in him and so bear fruit? It's like he's asking, are we willing to go the distance? Or do we just want just enough? Then the commentator adds, he says, talking about Hudson Taylor, He says, rather than suggesting that Christians should toil so they can earn their salvation, he was candidly pointing out that people are following someone or something other than Christ if their intent is to avoid pain and trouble. Mm. Deal with us, Lord. Deal with us. Why go the distance? Because of verse 15, it says, all of us then, who are mature, should take, oh, oh, okay. I had to read that again. All of us then, who are mature. You know, the scripture warns us that age does not mean wisdom or anything. Just because people live longer, just because somebody's been in the church a long time, it doesn't mean that they're more committed to the Lord. They're committed to the church. That's why some people are supposed to be at another church and they won't go because my daddy, they the cornerstone here. I'm going to be here, but you're all out of the will of God. Verse 15, why should we go the distance? Because of verse 15, all of us then who are mature, not perfect, mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, (laughs) then God will make that clear to you. The life application Bible helps us here. It says sometimes trying to live a perfect Christian life can be so difficult that it leaves us drained and discouraged. Go ahead and say amen there. You can say amen. I mean if you've been trying to live for the Lord. I'm sorry. I should have clarified that when I asked. You. Okay. Um, yeah but sometimes it, 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 it trying to live a perfect Christian life can can be so difficult that it leaves us drained and discouraged. We may feel so far from perfect that we think we can never please God with our life. Paul used perfection to mean mature or complete, not flawless in every detail. Those who are mature should press on in the Holy Spirit's power knowing that Christ will reveal and fill in any discrepancy between what we are and what we should be. We can always make excuses that we still have so much to learn, and yet we won't come to rise. Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't in there. The instruction for us is to live up to what we already know and live out what we have already learned. Hmm, Let marinate there. Paul wrote in verse 13, he said, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. It's a strain, it's a press. He said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting means dismissing from the mind or paying no attention to, to stop dwelling on something. The past is the past and can't be changed. Let it go. We have to if we're going to go the distance. You know, when you get that made-up mind and you're going forward, here comes this thought about the past and this thought here, and here comes Brother Joe Blow coming. Hey, girl. You know, all of that. All the stuff is coming. I know somebody else who called me a young person. They had made up their mind. They were going to go all the way with the Lord, and they weren't turning back. They were going to go the distance. And I wanted to tell them, baby, now watch out. Get aware of the attack. Because yeah. once you make up your mind to go all the way, there's that foot there in the enemy. You know he's got it out every morning, waiting for us to get out of the bed to trip us up. Next thing you know, she had a man, honey. My pastor, first pastor, used to say. For some people waiting on a, a mate, a man, or a woman, well, well, he said about waiting on a man, he said God can't give him to you yet because he know you will walk away from him with that man. And when I say walk away, you can still have a form of godliness. But over here is like. Then next thing you more over here and you more over here. And then you over here and then you over here and you over <laughs> you over here okay because that's what he's going to do he's subtle he's subtle so many people said I've started over so many times but we're not being aware the scripture says be sober be diligent your adversary the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone he can devour and we have this form of godliness I've got this position and this title and that's all I need to do psych That position in that title don't mean nothing. It's about do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Matter of fact, is the best relationship you have is the one you have with him. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. We're talking about going the distance. Are you and I ready? I see y'all with some of them shirts. Go, go. But we should be on it. Go the distance. You going to go the distance? Or you going to go while we wearing the shirts? Well, well, well. Well, 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 well. help us, Lord. I live in the real world. Because this is not about a Church of Redeemer Baptist thing. Our pastors listen to the word, the voice of the Lord. This is what God is calling for the body of Christ. Because we've been shucking and jiving, and people have been dying and going into a Christless eternity. And we're on our way to church. I got to get my praise on. But there's somebody right here that needs us to tell them that God loves them just the way they are. But I got to get my seat. God, forgive us. Father, forgive us. For we know not what we do. And we can come in here and hear this word today about going the distance and laying our lives down and loving God and go right back out here and do the same thing that we were doing before. I tell you, you better stop coming to church. You better stop going to revivals. You better stop listening to that word on the TV and the radio because you're going to be held accountable for every one of those messages. Every one of them. Every one of them. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. Bless you, Lord. Are you and I ready? You and me, we ready to go the distance today? Then let's take heed to Paul's words in chapter 4, where he said in verse 9, Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And now what are some of those things that we need to practice? Well, listen to some of his words. See, see we've got a testimony we're working on. And these are things that are letting us know who Paul really was. Because in 2 Timothy 2, he says, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You know, the next time when Minister TJ might lead us in that song, I'm on the battlefield for the Lord. Don't you sing it if you're lying. Because the scripture says, I don't have the verse in my head, but it does say, we're going to be held accountable for every idle word out of our mouth. We like the beat. Just like back in the day, we like the beat of the music. Now we're older and you listen to the words and you say, oh snap, I didn't know that's what it was saying. Oh, help us, Lord. Oh, all right, we know, we know, we know. <laughs> endure hardness it says in king james that same verse endure hardness as a good soldier endure what god has called you to endure if you're going to go the distance don't try to outrun it oh this job and this that there and the other and all this here i'm getting out here i'm gonna leave this job baby don't jump from the frying pan into the fire because god ordered up the circumstances on that job there's stuff in us that he's trying to get out of us. And the drama on the job is being used by God to take, to, to get that stuff out. The drama in church. Oh, there's church drama. Somebody say amen. Okay? Because everybody's not at the same level of growth. Everybody in the building is not in the, in the body. Oh, come on now. But he said endure hardness as a good soldier. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We can take the drama. Well, I'll say it plain. We can take the crap that we've been called to take. Do you think it was easy for that, the Lord to be on that cross? Do you think it was easy for that road when he was walking that Calvary road that he could see people that, man, I just healed your foot just the other day. Now you kicking me with it? He said, I just opened up your eyes so you could see, and now that you can see me, you spitting on me? I mean, come on, y'all. We got to bring this thing into reality and stop flowering it up. When that Calvary road, that, going up that hill, it was no fun. He was being utterly ridiculed. And people want to say, yeah, he could have called the legion of angels. No, he had to call nobody. He's God. He could have just said, later. Boom, they was all gone. Bye, Felicia. Boom, they was gone. You understand what I'm saying? And I mean, I make light of it a little bit because that's part of who I am as far as putting the humor in things. But at the end of the day, do we see it? Can we say like the writer to the Hebrews, but I see Jesus. And he's the one who reached out. Like he, he grabbed us, like Paul said, in one translation it said, when he says he laid hold of me, it said he seized me. He said, so for the one who seized me. I mean, have you been seized by God? And if not, I mean, if you have, because if not, you can get seized today. But if you have been, why aren't you going the distance? We got to get out of them... You know, them rows, we should mark off them rows, them just enough rows. He said, nobody can't sit there. Okay? In Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. Can you say you don't live any longer like him? He said, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. And then I'll say this one for the walkers in Philemon 18. We see Paul was not biased. When Onesimus, a runaway slave, was converted. Because he told Philemon, who was the slave owner, he said, if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Who are we willing to help? Do they have to look like us? Do they have to be at the same status or, or we think maybe a little below us or something? But if the Holy Spirit made a move on you and told you to give somebody something or go over there and help them wash that car, what? Oh, I rebuke that spirit. Where would that come from? <laughs> you know, because they're alcoholics over there. I can't be seen with them. My, my, but where would Jesus be? He'd be right over there helping them not only wash it, but wax it and everything else. You know, I, I, in the midst of studying, I found this thing I never heard of before. It's called the Food for Hungry Ministry. And they had a quote. They had a lot of quotes I really like. But this one I really like. So I just wanted to share it with you guys. And it was talking about their staff, how their staff members are committed to walking with God. And they said, above all, we believe that the quality of our service is related to the quality of our relationship with him. Yes, yes, yes. When did you start cutting corners? When 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 did you stop taking the challenge that was being laid before you? When, when when did you stop? When did you get settled with what you did 20 years ago? There's no retirement in God. Where do we get that from? The world will retire you. But God will never retire you. You say, well, Lord, you know how old I am? He said, yeah, I birthed you, didn't I? And he will give us whatever we need to do what he's called us to do. He has not called us to sit on the porch and rock. Does you got a prayer ministry out there or something, you going to pray for everybody to go by, giving out tracks or something. Somebody said, what's a track?" Mm, ain't that a shame? <laughs> well, well, well. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I love that. I'm going to repeat that because I love it. We believe that the quality of our service is related to the quality of our relationship with Him. Paul went the distance. He stayed on course for the scheduled length of time God allotted him for his life. In 2 Timothy 4, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now. The prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who are eagerly, who eagerly look forward to his appearance. That crown of righteousness. You know, when we sing that song, we get all excited about things, but we ain't paying attention to what we are singing. I shall wear a crown, I shall wear a crown when the trumpet sounds. Well what you doing? You don't just get a crown. Did you know that? You everybody not getting a crown? Did y'all know that? Y'all gotta come to rice. I'm trying to tell you. But everybody's not gonna get a crown. And that verse that says in my house of, father's house are many mansions, first of all, that's not in the in the original language. But people say, I can't wait to get my mansion. For what? Have you done enough to get in efficiency? <laughs> oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Help us today. I, I, I praise the Lord because she said it. Y'all can't blame me. She said it. She said, she said before the foundation of the world or something like that, this message was prepared for us today. That's what, didn't she say it? So y'all blame her, okay? I'm just yielding, praise his name. But you know, it was interesting in the quotes that I found, there was one by Oswald Chambers. I said, make friends with people like him. People who sold out, Andrew, Mary, Spurgeon, make friends with them, stop. Okay, I'm gonna praise you, Lord. Anyway, there was a small quote from him, but one day when I turned my computer on, God does these things. I turned the computer on, I pulled up the Safari thing and on the whole screen, was this whole quote, the whole quote from the little quote that I had when I was doing my research. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I, you know, I just love you. That's all I'm going to say about you, how you do stuff, because there ain't nothing else to say, because you do this kind of stuff. And that wasn't the first time he's done that. So I said, okay, you want us to hear the quote. So I did edit it a little bit. The question from us, from God, by way of Oswald Chambers, will you lay down your life? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And what the Lord say, I have called you friends. And the quote begins, Jesus does not ask me to die for him, but to lay down my life for him. Has the Lord ever asked you, will you lay down your life for my sake? It is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out with the sense of the high calling of God. We talked about this yesterday in the part, and I didn't know this, I didn't know this quote yet, y'all, okay? So I have to read that again because I put that in It is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out with the sense of the high calling of God. We are not made for the bright, shining moments of life, but we have to walk in the light. Of them in our everyday ways. There was only one bright shining moment in the life of Jesus. And that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was there that he emptied himself of his glory for the second time. And then came down into the demon possessed valley. For 33 years Jesus laid down his life. To do the will of the father. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Yet it is contrary to our human nature to do so. If I am a friend of Jesus, I must deliberately and carefully lay down my life for him. It is a difficult thing to do, and thank God that it is. Salvation is easy for us because it costs God so much. But the exhibiting of salvation in my life is difficult. God saves a person, fills him or her, with the Holy Spirit and then says in effect, now you work it out in your life and be faithful to me. Even though the nature of everything around you is to cause you to be unfaithful. And Jesus says to us, I have called you friends. Remain faithful to me, your friend. And remember that it is his honor that is at stake in your bodily life. End quote. We talked about that yesterday. Do we realize we are 24 seven witness for the Lord? Do we realize we shouldn't be on Facebook? Oh, I seen him. I was like, oh, Lord, I got to stop looking at this. And it's really not funny because it's a disgrace to Calvary. It's making a mockery of what God has done for us. For us to sit and have these seductive poses out there for the world to see. Thinking that nobody will know we're a Christian. Deal with us today. If we're going to go the distance, let's try being real Christians. 24-7. Pressing on. It's not going to be easy. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us to endure hardness as a good soldier when they make fun of us. Because we live a certain way. Because we have a standard. Because as somebody shared with me yesterday, we won't have, um, what do they call that? Working out, you know, getting fit, exercising in church to Cardi B. In the church. Christians don't have any music with a beat that we can work out to. We got to think about what we're doing. And the enemy is lulling us into complacency. You know, a few weeks ago, somebody did that thing where they called wash one of my checks and changed the amount and took out money. And, you know, the guy at the bank was telling me, you know, it's safer and stuff to do things online. Not for me. Not for me. Because I want to know him. Okay, my checks have scriptures on them. Putting the track in the envelope when I pay the bill. I said, obviously the enemy is mad. And so he caused this to happen. Okay, I went home that day. I ordered new checks from Promise Checks. And I'm going to keep on paying my bills by check so I can keep on being a witness. Because somebody out there is lost who's going to open up that envelope. And they're going to see somebody might be suicidal. And they get that track that says, hope. In times of distress. Stop allowing the enemy to lull you into complacency with convenience. It's a trick of the enemy. We're in a war. We're in a war. Do we realize we're in a war and we're giving up ground that the Lord already has won? We're fighting on the winning side. And we're not trying to do this by ourselves. He said, without me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can do all things. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, your God. Come on, he's your God, he's my God. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So what's stopping us, y'all? What's stopping us from going the distance? I implore you, I beg of you. I don't care nothing about no holiday weekend. Because he could rapture us out here at 7.32 tonight, okay? But at the end of the day, if you really want to go the distance, I challenge you, before your head hits the pillow tonight, to say, God... What's keeping me from going the distance? And I don't care how sold out we think we are. There's some other kind of way, something that's still hindering each one of us. Please don't play with this. Please don't play with this. Ask the Lord. Because you're going to meet him sooner than you think. Didn't you get to be the age you are now sooner than you thought? Oh, hey, hey. So I encourage you to take that challenge. Go the distance. Paul did. And most importantly, Jesus did. Hallelujah.